Where do you think your opinions come from? It's an interesting question. Well, I was actually thinking about this because I feel like me and you, right, we're very, uh, like, different in a lot of senses. Like, a lot of our, not necessarily morals, our morals are quite similar, but, like, well, you know, like, I don't mind buying, like, spending money on, like, fucking iPhones Stupid and MacBooks shit. and clothes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly how you would, you, you would uh, describe it. But, like, as I say, our morals are very, very close, if you know what I mean, and what we, like, kind of want from life is is similar. And it's just funny that, like, do you think that's a product of, the, like, because me and you had quite similar upbringings, like, similar area, similar, well, the had, exact same schools? I think we had different upbringings, though. Like, see, when you were talking about, um, like, I guess it's materialism at its core, like, my mum and dad yeah. are pretty happy kicking about in like Asda jeans and like they don't yeah. they just don't care about materialistic things and that's been passed on to mm-hmm. me. Whereas like your yeah, dad always had like a pure, to me. your dad always had like a fancy car and a nice gear on that's and true. that. So I think it's just like a I mm. think we're products of our parents. I think it would be yeah, rare the- like do you reckon there's kids out there or people like our age that have parents that are materialistic and they've not turned out like that like how does that happen well i think you see that sort of uh yeah that sort of juxtaposition happen where like billionaires kids who end up being like like civil rights activists or like you know they pick these causes to try and you know fight for something that they seem bigger than bigger than themselves and um i think it's a a weird one because you can have so many different like inputs to a person and then you could just never ever you know, know the, the outcome because I'm a big believer, like it is nurture to some extent, but I also think nature is a big part of it. Like, you know, like it's not solely environment. It can also be like your genetics, in my opinion. What do you think genetics dispose? Like, what do you think they control or change or make happen for you in terms I of your think, personality? Well, definitely addiction stuff is uh, can be like highly related back to genetics um you can be predisposed to like being an uh, like a alcoholic or you know more you know you know what i mean like, like an addictive it, personality think, yeah massively addictive personality the guy who i used to work with who was like a tie boxer he was like anything i start like i end up just doing with like 100 percent focus and it's like not necessarily a good thing that's why i was always like oh i could never like smoke weed or anything because I, I did and then it took me so long to like stop it was like and it just gets like in my head like so so quickly and that's why obviously he went on to be like a British champion tie boxer so that, that fared him quite well but obviously it just depends what you pick your vice to be I mean and other, other things that genetics can play a part in I'm honestly not sure but I do believe like I mean you've got how much lineage to where you are right now you know what I mean like there were millions of people before you mm. and like I just feel like I mean you're listening to a lot about like our history and stuff and you know choices that people made way back when and that's obviously just like darwinism kind of natural selection and stuff like traits have been passed down through generations just like to improve our survivability and on earth so like to what extent they play i'm not 100 percent sure i mean it can even be as stupid as like what your fight or fight response is to particular situations or like all situations you know what i mean so i don't know mate it's, it's an interesting one what do you think, like just mentioned in there, what do you think your biggest vices are just now? 
Mm, good question. I think it's funny because I also like, <laughs> I always think I'm like quite morally uh well morally virtuous definitely but like i'm also like oh you know i deleted instagram when i was like 18 and don't have fucking facebook or any of this stuff and but then at the same time like downloaded twitter recently Pff, fucking hell i'm on twitter like all the time now and Let, like, let's talk about like, oh, that right let's talk about twitter because yeah. i'm actually i'm now starting to think that twitter's really bad for my brain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just in terms like i don't know what your twitter oh, looks 100%. like but mine's is just full of like 19 year olds talking about making like 50 mil a year and i'm like yeah I, th- I think there's two ways to think about it you could be like oh that's amazing i could go and do that but for me right now all it's making me think is like oh fuck i'm not there right now like it doesn't inspire me yeah to do better no and i think my problem with it as well is like anything that i put my name to or my name behind i want it to mean something and i want it to be something i can morally align with I don't want to. I don't want to start like a social media marketing agency because I just don't care about that, and it's not something yeah, I want to do. Like it doesn't morally align with me because I swear off social media myself. Yeah. So mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. finding that hard. Just <clears throat> like being on Twitter, seeing so many people our age that are making all this money, and then me then going thinking like, oh, could I do that? No, I actually I hate what it is they're doing. Like I'd never do that myself. Yeah, no, I feel that as well. But I think it is also like the, the these echo chambers and like these people almost like it's a bit of a facade, you know. You put up these things like I made this much this year, so that people follow you, so that you have like influence over these people, and then that ends up like creating you month like wealth, like a bit of like a what came first kind of thing. Mm. I mean, I think it, yeah, I think no matter what social media platform you get on, you're always going to have like these sort of groups that you end up following. I mean, as you say, like Twitter, I don't think is good at all. I mean, I went for a, a stage of all oh, that was coming up on my Twitter is fucking fight videos, and I was getting <laughs> so mad, like video after video, like because the context was always so outrageous, and I'm like watching it, mate, and my blood is actually boiling, and I'm like, I want to fucking smack someone right now because like, of these videos <laughs> I'm watching. I, mean, I, I ended up having to go on every fight video I went past. I just blocked the account. I was like, I actually cannot subject myself to this because I'm getting so angry for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, pff, and it's terrible. And then, as you say, a lot of people just being like, how do I spend or how do I budget my $150,000 a year wage at 23? And I'm like, oh, great. Uh, I'm glad that you are able to budget that um, yeah it's, it's a hard comparison to make um mm. and i don't think there's i don't think there's an easy way of it. i think for me my ideal situation would be to have a business like obviously businesses have to use social media but just not have a personal account um yeah yeah definitely and then attach the value to that business and separate that from myself do you know what i mean i think quite a lot of i don't know about you but some of my identities somehow managed to get wrapped up in either the success of tweets or the success of this podcast, for example. And I've then mm-hmm. started to value myself worth on that. And I've noticed, like, since I've actually started the podcast and looking at it that way, that I've been less mm-hmm. less happy than I was before it. So, like, I'm now thinking... The best route forward be would be to either delete or just not use Twitter at all and uh-huh. keep going on with the creation of the podcast, but in a different way, uh, in a way that could maybe use like blogging that only directed people to like a newsletter or yeah. so, some other form of growth that wasn't so like 
metric driven as tweets and put you in that chamber um, amongst those people? I'm just thinking there must be another kind of way of doing it that's entirely new and doesn't subject you to that level of just. I think I think it is criticism. Um, yeah. However, however you look at it is different. Like you can either look at that and then crumble, or look at that and then be like, oh, "Okay, I need to grow over the next few years." But I'm mm. I'm like I'm thinking about things in in the long term, and my ultimate goal is to not be on any social media platforms at all. Like my my ultimate yeah. goal is to be completely non-existent on the internet i had i don't want to be some sort of public figure so like as any of the work on like instagram or twitter conducive to that probably not yeah no definitely i mean i think it's an interesting one because it's like the only thing i can relate it to is when i think of i mean you me and you had a conversation before and you're talking about the podcast and i'm like well personally i think if you want so, you know to grow you need to hit the market like everywhere so i think tiktok's gonna ha- like it's going to be important particularly because it's a you know large like one of the largest social media platforms just now but then as you say like ethically like it doesn't really align with our morals i mean i actually honestly my biggest thing about why i never ever did anything with the tiktok is because i don't even want it on my phone because obviously you've heard of the fucking uh terms and conditions <laughs> yeah exactly like me i actually I was so like torn like i don't even want it on my phone so i'm, I'm kind of like i don't even know how to do this mm. um but it's interesting you say that because you have this thing which is a you know a podcast and the, the dream obviously is to have success with the podcast and so much that you can do that full-time enjoy what you do and then make money off of that and it just kind of perpetuates this cycle of okay i'm doing what i love i'm getting paid for it, it means i can just continue to do what i love a bit like that Justin Welsh said on Twitter, like, you know, if you look forward to the weekend, you're only looking forward to 29% of your life or something like that. And um, and you kind of want to escape that cycle because that is basically what everyone kind of lives their life in. But at the same time, I think of, like, obviously, you know, I'm working on a yacht just now. Probably never, ever thought I would do that with my life. When I think back to my apprenticeship, it was, like, four or five years of shit. Like, I fucking... The work was terrible, mate. I was emptying bins, wiping up oil, like cleaning out like fag shelters, like just doing all the shit work for for at least two or three years. And then after that, it was pretty much on the cars, but it was still like the worst jobs that you could get just because no one else wanted to do them. And I think back, and my dad really had to was had to be someone who was like, darling, you, you have to look further than that. You have to see the big picture like this. Once you get the qualification, you know, you'll be more sought after you, you need to finish it i'm just like it's so bad it feels like torture every single day and i think there is like a an aspect of social media that is a bit like that how you grow to do something like if you haven't got a product basically in my opinion you kind of need to market on social media if you haven't got something that just sells itself you kind of mm. need to be in people's faces and give them a reason to like you um how you how you grow an audience without that is it's an interesting question because I was you know watching a YouTube video or something about how to make the cap cut videos and it's like if everyone else is doing it don't do it kind of thing and it reminded me of the like, Alex Hormozzi like uh, captions that he does like they're great uh, that was kind of like a new thing I mean I don't know how new maybe like in the last year but everyone and then um, it's them. a really 
that everyone's fucking doing it. So I'm just like, how like how can you stand out if you're doing exactly what every single other person is doing? So you, as you say, like, is there a way that you can tackle this issue without marketing, but you know, have it pay yourself a wage eventually? I don't know. It's just, in my opinion, maybe there is sadly a grace period of fucking tough shit work that you have to do online and yeah it's not emotionally rewarding but like again in what walk of life are you gonna just enjoy every single aspect of like the starting of it and maybe there is something i'm not saying there's not but i can't see a way around it sadly my my only thinking with it is right is do you so just answer a few simple questions for me do you Mm -hmm. enjoy being active on social media do you like being on social media at all sorry i'm gonna give you a very short long answer (laughs) like if people responded to my shit with like in meaningful ways i think that would be cool sometimes Mm -hmm. i post questions and i'm like i actually would love to have a conversation about that but yeah no i I don't like the the fact that i have to post three times a day for you know the hope the, the prospect of people potentially come in and one person liking it and then you know like and you do that for four or five years and then you start the ball rolling it's just that is very um like robotic to me like as much as i love doing it it, it makes something i was talking to robbie about this is my brother and he said you know why would you want to make something that you enjoy doing into something that you have to do and it, it kind of rings with that sort of mentality i think i think that's a hard one though it's like why, I don't think anyone would want to make something that they enjoy doing into something they have to do, but maybe well, sometimes exactly. maybe sometimes you have to. Like maybe sometimes there's no choice. Well, it's the only way to have more. Of well, it. yeah. Well, that's exactly what I said to him. I didn't even sum it up as nice as that. Like I was like, well, I would rather do the thing I want to do as a nine to five than have to work a nine to five and have to squeeze in what I want to do after. Yeah. But yeah, you you put it you put it beautifully. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one. I feel as if like knowing these kind of things in your 20s is super super difficult i know so many people right now like i'd obviously i know that you didn't go to university you done your apprenticeship i know so many people mm. in our kind of demographic right now that are struggling with the mm-hmm. same question of like what the fuck do i actually do with my life so yeah, many so many definitely. people and i don't think there's any definite answer to it but i just think that social media probably perpetuates how how bad that is let's let's paint a hypothetical situation right so Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think of what my ideal situation would be you'd obviously you want a lot of money i think that's a start yeah well it's not even about a lot of money but you want a lot of freedom definitely which is only afforded through money pretty much pretty much yeah pretty much yeah i would personally want something where i didn't need to have any social media because i've had zero social media at multiple points and fucking loved it actually so yeah yeah, for me it's the best as well to go back to that awesome um to then go to i think after that after the zero social media would be in a place where you could go on mad adventures and have a solid group Mm -hmm. of friends so like i'm just like thinking like imagine you could just like boost around the world you could maybe live in like Italy for a year and you would just like roam about, find cool shit to do and then have friends there as well. I think that's something I would like, something I'm missing from life. I don't know about you because you've been away from home longer than me is having mm-hmm. good friends around me to go and do shit with. Like I miss 
the days when we were back home and those kind of like strong bonded friendships where you'd go yeah. off and have these like this deep conversation we're having just now. I can't remember the last time I had something like this deep of a conversation with just with a, a good friend. Mate, it is literally the toughest part of being away from home, I think. I 100% agree. And it's like when I go back for the two or three weeks at Christmas time with my girlfriend and she wants to do things, I'm like, see, I just want to like spend every minute with my friends. Like, yeah. I, And even my family, like, obviously want to see my family. But like, ultimately, if, like, you know, Ross or, you know, KM, anyone was like, do you want to come out? I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, I'll, whatever I'm fucking doing right now, because I want to come and speak to you guys who are like minded individuals who have like similar opinions and, you know, and just views of the world that we can all kind of harmonize on and have like, and it's a kind of, as you say, it's like no barrier to entry to conversations like this because you can't just, well, you can, but you can't really just meet new people and fucking start hitting them with, oh, do you think uh, social media is cancer to the human being? Like, is it, it's not something that people really want to talk about, but obviously with your friends, they are totally up for having that conversation because you're all in similar headspaces. And I mean, I even tweeted the other day, like, long distance relationships don't work, but there is nothing better than one of your friends phoning you for like a 20 minute chat. I think it's the best thing ever. Like, I forget, I, I forget how awesome it is until that, like, do you know what, do you know what's weird? It feels like it's going to be, I don't know about you, it feels like it's going to be a task before you do it. And then you... Oh, 100%. I totally agree. 30, 30 seconds, like a minute onto that call after you've scheduled it, and you're like, this pure wave of relief throws over to you. Like, even when mm. we hopped on this call, I was like, fuck me, I forgot how much I missed your voice and just, like, having comfortable <laughs> power with a mate. And it was like, it took, like, a fucking week to schedule this. And then after a minute, I'm like... Mm. Oh, like thank God, mate! Like this is really nice. And for me, like male friendships are so, like just being away from home for so long. I've realised how important male friendships are to me. Um, mm, totally. And like my lack of them, um, out travelling the world, just like because there's no depth to them. Because you know, obviously everyone's travelling about different places. You can't set down roots or anything. A lack of them yeah. has been very detrimental. And I miss having that good group of mates from back home. Yeah, it's definitely like when I think about like where I want to, well, not necessarily where I want to settle down because obviously, as you say, the dream is to have enough money, to have enough freedom to be able to be like, no matter where I live, I'm like, fuck it, I'm going back or I'm going where Liam is or I'm going where Ross is or, you know, X, Y, and Z. So, I mean, hopefully that's not an issue when we're older, but it does, as you say, it just bodes to... Some, like a factor you wouldn't have necessarily thought is super super important to your lifestyle but I mean you can imagine how much happier you would be you know even in later life if you could actually just go and talk to your friends like on a whim sure. it's just something I think is going to be so necessary I mean who knows what uh, the future brings maybe Metal will have us all just putting on our VR headsets I mean it was kind of like back in the day when you used to play games online like it was really nice you didn't mm. necessarily need to be directly in each other's company but yeah just to hear those familiar voices over a headset while you're yeah and people on the commute yeah exactly what that drops on do you think that human ethics are mm-hmm. learned or do you reckon they're natural do you reckon they're innate Mate, amazing question something i've been reading into 
a bit recently. Uh, I'm going to probably butcher everything I have to say about it, but fuck it. I think it's really, really interesting. You've been on the Nietzsche so, hype recently, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've been reading all, like, a bit of Nietzsche, and he has a concept called the, diff- or it's the difference between slave and master morality. And he reckoned with Christianity came slave morality. It was like wanting to sort of subdue very powerful people from being able to get to such positions of power because obviously you had this sort of one ultimate divine being and the rest of us are equals as slaves or, you know, um, servants to this one benevolent God kind of thing. And he believed that the ancient Greeks obviously didn't have that because they were around before Christianity was a thing. Uh, They had a different morality called master morality and they believed you know if you were powerful and you you know could direct force and you you can control people they saw that as a good thing you could have slaves they didn't mind that you could you know if if you whatever you had to do to create as much power for yourself they saw that as like a very morally like correct thing to do and it, it's just like quite crazy because me and my brother were talking and i was kind of saying like, it was a bit like Robbie, if you think 100 years ago you were alive, as you are, but not necessarily with the same memories, but, you know, like brought up at that time, do you think you would have been a suffragette? And he's like, yeah, because I think, you know, I like to believe that I would have had the same morally, like moral virtues as I have just now. Mm. And I just said, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, it's an absolutely outrageous thing to say because your nature is, uh, no, nurture rather, is a big part of it. It's like, do he didn't believe basically that people, he's like, people know when they're doing wrong. You can look someone in the eyes and know that you're not treating them correctly. And that was kind of his argument for like slavery. But then again, I'm like, well, slavery has come around how many times, like for human history, you had the Egyptians and the Jews and Egypt, you know, obviously the black um, community going over to America was a massive issue. Just time and time again, you've had, in fact, even the Jews again and the Holocaust. I mean, that was slave labor and the, the concentration camps, which is horrendous. And uh, it's just how can something that is so, you know, what we hope is like detrimental to human existence or, you know, completely compulsory exist time and time again over however many periods. And I just don't think it's necessarily something that comes so naturally. I think your time that you're brought up in, I mean, it's a bit like what they say, like Socrates touched kids, but at that time it wasn't seen as bad. So it's like... Socrates touched kids? Yeah, mate, like they all... Like bummed wins basically back in the old days of the Greeks. <laughs> I mean, they actually did. I'm not even kidding on. Like, that's, that's a fact. Yeah, I mean, well, like, we just have like the the parameters of what we deem as moral change every few mm-hmm. years. Like what we deemed as moral 20 years ago isn't even deemed as moral now. Do you know what I mean? Like there's certain words mm-hmm. yeah. that we would be able to use 20 years ago that would be seen as despicable for using now. And, Definitely. Like, Humans have attached meaning to certain things as what's right and wrong, but right and wrong changes. I think there probably there probably is somewhat of a universal constant of like what we can deem to be right and what we can deem to be wrong. But I think it depends on not so much like the specifics of objectively what's true, but more dependent on your intentions subjectively. So like if you're meaning to hurt someone, then that's that's bad or that's wrong. But if you come with good intentions, but you still do something that's terrible, then that's like by some standard 
good. But like that doesn't make any sense because by all society standards, that would be bad. I don't know if that makes well, any sense, but that's how I'm trying to comprehend it in my own head. It does, it, it does make sense, but it's like a bit like, well, who's that famous stoic uh, epic, Titus? Yeah, I, I never know how to pronounce that man's name. Yeah, fuck. Epic, yeah, whatever his name is. He obviously grew up as a slave kind of thing and he walks with a limp because he's like the guy that owned him, like broke his leg just for a laugh. Mm. And it's like, how can you like go back to that being the mode of thought just to, like funny to break someone's leg? Obviously, me and you, I imagine, can't think of anything worse to do to another person if it's unmerited. Um, but oh, I did have something to say and it's gone. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, um, it's weird that we have like i mean obviously we're right now in the midst of a very woke culture um that's it sorry that's exactly what i was gonna say can i just say it before i forget ref so the factor that i would say is a massive proponent of it is the amount of education that you, you have towards like society so like obviously back in the day when we're massively undereducated, it's easy to imagine why people would fight and squall but obviously as education standards have risen like so much uh, in the past or like recently rather it just has given us this window and the amount of time to you know come up with these new moral virtues and different classes of people and blah 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 you know like the the structure of society is just put under this microscope and people just analyze uh, analyze the fucking life out of it and it just but like obviously that's just total education although contrary to that the greeks were pretty educated and as i say but again it was just a whole different morality like they genuinely believed if you were powerful and you could push that power on people you were doing the correct thing it's just such a paradigm shift to what we are used to and that's what nietzsche says as we are part of a society that is like falls under slave morality we are all equals no one should do it any better than anyone else and it's interesting to think that christianity did that to world to the world but well it's interesting um, how that comes as well like i mean you think about people being all equals and stuff you start to think about like communism and socialism and you think about yeah. that mass of morality it's more in line with capitalism than anything else one thing i was thinking yeah. just throughout all you mentioned there i mean there's so many rabbit holes that we could dive into is mm-hmm. So right now we're talking a lot about philosophy. I've read into a good bit of it myself. You're obviously balls deep in it right now. Do you not think it's crazy mm-hmm. that it's not taught more in schools? Because like philosophy is essentially independent thought and critical thinking, which yeah. would be one of the most valuable things to develop as a human. But instead we're taught, I mean, science and English and maths, yes, important, but like what gets us through life is how we structure our brains and how we understand things, yet philosophy's not even touched upon. It's like something you need to go and search out for yourself and deep dark holes of YouTube and fucking what supposedly crazy men on the street telling you about fucking stoicism, mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but it's, school is just something that I'm like totally, like any time that anyone says, why was this not taught in school? And it's about like fucking Andrew Tate mentality of like, school is there just to make us fucking slaves man like it is not a place to go to be an independent thinker you know what i mean it's everyone wearing i know it's slightly different in america but it's everyone wearing uniform everyone having a schedule everyone you know doing as they're told standing up when they're told to stand and i'm not saying like i i think there is a place i don't have any bad memories from school i think it was a great place but i think if you're not someone mentally um you know as intuitive and you're not going to go out and seek these things, 
then it's not necessarily the best place for you to become an independent thinker. But, you know, me and you always been quite, like, push the boat out a bit. And I think, like, for people like that, it can be a nurturing environment because it kind of structures your, you know, you need to learn basic maths because it creates the neural pathways in your brain to be able to learn other things. And, you know, you need to, be le- you need to learn English. It's fucking pivotal. You need to learn all these different things. But it is not where the government have created for everyone to be the most successful version of themselves, you know? <clears throat> it's true. I mean, like, is it the best standard? Or, like, surely the, the school system could be altered in a manner that makes more productive and happier citizens. Like, imagine you were taught about how fucking mortgages and tax and all of that works, and you were taught how to take care of yourself and how lifestyle and health and fitness affects you. Like, PE as you go around with some dick that's done like a degree in it and he's like come in and play volleyball for 40 minutes a week he's not teaching you what health and fitness actually matters just a guy there to collect a wage like they're not teaching you how all this actually affects your life and how it affects your brain don't know if it's changed now from when we were at school but it's a guy who just comes in it's like throws a badminton racket at you and it's like I go play for an hour yeah I know I mean, <clears throat> I think it's it's tough for kids as well because kids are like impossible to deal with basically for adults, and um, kind of in a world where everything's mass produced and everything's on an assembly line, like that's pretty much what schools are for us. And it's hard to break away from that without like the support. I mean, already I think teachers are underpaid personally. I think it's fucking shocking that we live in a world where footballers are paid hundreds of million pounds a year. And you have teachers, you know, on minimum wage, basically like thirty grand a year. Like the <clears throat> where we see value just isn't personally doesn't align with what I think society should be. However, you know, you bring in privatization of schools, and then it becomes very elitist and blah blah blah. I see the issues there as well. But you know, how can you expect a teacher to deal with? I mean, 15, no, 20 people in a class, six, seven classes a day. Like, mate, that's exhausting. And for them to care and, you know, target every single individual child, as I say, it just becomes an assembly line. There is no um, individuality at that level, basically. I can see how it's hard for teachers and to try and get kids to care about mortgages and stuff. Fucking hard, mate. Like, you, you remember some of the people in school who wouldn't listen to a thing that the teacher says. And you, you'll remember Mrs. Gardner saying to us one time in biology, like, she was trying to give her first, second year class into trouble, and apparently they were just not having any of it. And then she was like, see when the kids realize that we can do nothing, <clears throat> we lose all power because we can't do anything. They used to could belt you, which wasn't, like, great, but at least they had some sort of punishment. Now they can do nothing. There's nothing they can do. If you want to misbehave. Do you reckon we should bring that back, being able to fucking hit kids? I honestly do, yeah. I think it you would reckon? not go amiss. Is it illegal yeah. in the UK to hit, hit your child? Uh, to hit your child? No, I think you can, like, give them a little fucking smack, but uh, I don't think you can just, like, just beat them, like, ah, give them the old beat not down for, like... Senseless. As a parent, you don't have yeah. the legal right to smack your child unless it's reasonable punishment. What does yeah, that, exactly. what does that so even think- mean? Like, reasonable punishment, that's so open-ended. Yeah, I know, but... Uh, like, well, let's assume if you can defend it in a court of law, like, my kid... If the, if the, if the violence you use... If the violence you use is severe enough to leave a mark, for example, a scratch or a bruise, you can be prosecuted. So, basically, 
Oh just, my god. Just just don't make sure just make sure you're not leaving scratches or bruises, mate. You're good. Yeah, mate, just yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. Uh but mate, I don't think it's the worst thing. I mean people they, it's such a spectrum though, you know, people would then just start abusing the fuck out of that, like, oh I can smack my kids. I mean you have that what shaking baby syndrome that was a big thing apparently on uh, it was Tegan was telling me about it, where like you know, mothers or fathers, whatever, would get so, you know, tormented with the crying of the baby that they would fucking just pick it up and shake it. Or you can imagine a sheer rage, like, ah, shut up, <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just shake it. And then apparently it fucking gives the baby, like, what, some sort of concussion or something. It just fucks them up massive. And it's like, what a horrible reality. And if you're, like, I guess if you open it up for, you can smack your kid, you know, at what point? Is it does it become unacceptable? So I guess that's a good, a good outline for a rule for that. I guess. <laughs> I'm glad we've the, discovered that. Um, I remember my mum telling me <laughs> stories about like she used to work at this school, um, when she was kind of starting her career as a, a teacher and stuff, and she worked at this really hard school in Glasgow, and the kids used to come in with like. Uh, pins under their collars. So if you tried to grab them by the collar and move somewhere, you get stabbed by the pin. Wow, that, that was just terrible. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, like, it's mad. It's mad how different. Um, like, it just goes back to this kind of idea of nature versus nurture. Like, where, where's the perfect balance of creating a child? Like, because you often think of yourself as I don't know what you think of yourself as, but like a good person, right? Mm-hmm. What's the ideal nurture? Like, what what people would we want to create a society of, or is it best to have? both the incredibly good and the incredibly bad, and then the people in the middle as well? Like, do we want to be yeah, I mean, loads of good people, or do we want to just let people be people? I think, all right, there's always going to be that bell curve of, like, you know, mainly just all right people in the middle, and then you have the really good people at one end, very few and far between, and the same with the bad people at the other end. But, mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Would you want everyone to be perfect? I mean, in a sense, well, it kind of goes to that Aldous Huxley book, yeah, Brave New World. Um, you know, they basically manufacture people to be the perfect people. The perfect citizen. But, yeah, but it takes that, that aspect of free will out, I guess, and it's like, how much do you value free will? Like, do you want Do you believe in free will? And- or do you think determinism is the reality? I do, in a sense, think to not be like too fried. I do think we are the universe playing itself out. We are the universe playing do, itself out. Please explain. Like, so from the inception of the universe at the Big Bang, I'm a Big Bang proponent. Hope uh, hope your viewers don't hate that too much. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I believe in the I believe in the Big Bang, obviously. And um, I believe that, so I would love to believe in, you know, fucking God and how he has his big beard and he brought people. I honestly search for spirituality so, so much. And I do think that there's some aspect there, like we are massively conscious beings and whether or not there's something outside like the three dimensions that we, you know, perceive as reality that exists in us, like, you know, higher than that. I'm not sure. But, you know, basically what happened, big bang, then fucking gas pockets started shrinking and, and fucking creating rocks and then rocks smashing into each other and then, you, you know, stars and shit and then Earth is there all of a sudden and then there's fucking water on Earth from meteors hitting it and then the fucking rain 
that would go up into the sky from the water from the meteors would pour down and kill the lava that was Earth because Earth was molten at one point and then that uh, so over you, you, know, so you believe there are millennia. These, these events all happen you're just describing them as reality well exactly so these did happen this is how Earth came to be and then the water killed the lava the lava eventually became rock then the water eventually you know combined with the rock and whatever else created bacteria eventually and then bacteria to fucking dinosaurs and then dinosaurs get extinct and then the exact same fucking process happened again round two became like you know giraffes zebras fucking pigs and then humans like monkeys blah 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 then humans and something happened in our bio biology like in our history that consciousness you know started phasing in whether or not it was i don't know if it's it's a product of biology and chemistry like i genuinely believe there's something beyond our comprehension beyond our four dimensions that does exist well yeah it does factor into that well well this is kind of what i mean like so if you imagine like when the first bacteria cell kind of came into existence i also believe that something outside of the three dimensions that we live in happened like in, an, an, like in a bigger sense, right? I don't really know how to explain it. But then, you know, the next bacteria, that that aura that is in the higher dimension expanded. And then, you know, the first fucking, let's say, dinosaur, it had the same sort of thing, but obviously it had a brain and stuff, so it was a much more complex organism. It existed in a higher sense than the bacteria in this other dimension, we're going to say. And then, you know, so it's, it's like a spectrum. So then, you know, uh, zebra, and monkeys they had a, a particular attachment to this higher dimension as well and then you know so it's like a spectrum it was getting stronger and stronger and stronger with whatever i think it does tie into what biology kind of grants us like obviously there was improvements in uh you know natural selection as i say and blah 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 we became more and more adept or advanced in some sort of sense but i do believe that that was tied to potentially something outside of our realm of you know uh, what we can perceive and then all of a sudden you have humans who are like basically completely conscious totally attuned to this other dimension that exists outside of you know the world we perceive and and so yeah <laughs> i mean it's such a fucking conspiracy theory it's just a, a thought but um I don't think we'll but in know. that sense no i don't think we'll ever know either but in that sense we are the universe playing itself out as just as like you know the bacteria move around aimlessly but the the difference is i think that we have free will because you know we can make choices but those choices are just like a meteor flying through space cannot make a decision there's no choice there it is influenced by gravity and other things but other than that it's not we can be influenced by you know like the smell of a food or a really attractive person that walks by or you know, our parents having a nice watch or deciding not but, to. But, but are, our, things, lives, are yeah. our lives played out or is there room for decisions within there? And is that only yeah, well, is that only in relation to whatever that higher power is? Like, are we arrogant um, to believe that we're the only kind of properly conscious animal on Earth that does have free will? It's, a, it's an interesting one because we can deliberate on our actions, whereas True. you don't really see that necessarily play out. I mean, you know, it's like it's like other animals can be perceived to do, like to make these decisions, like a beaver building a dam, 
But Beavers don't build dams thinking to quote Jordan Peterson. Oh, I wish, you know, I'll, I'll build a dam, but I wish I was on a beach somewhere with my girlfriend drinking Mai Tais kind of thing. They just instinctually build dams. As much as we perceive them to be like choosing to do a job, you know, it's just instinct for them. So I don't, I don't know, man. Like it's it's a it's a tough one. People, I would love to fucking hash it out and. Uh, I, think, I, I actually start working like ten minutes. <laughs> you start working ten minutes, right? Okay. Well, let's bring things back down to earth for the final final five. You got five minutes. Yeah, I've got five minutes. What's your purpose in life? <laughs> really, that's for five minutes. That's what you're gonna. <laughs> you got five minutes, okay. bitch. Go. Okay, so I believe, I, I think I'm an existentialist um, as far as any philosophy that I've ever found goes. I think that essence does not, you know, like reason doesn't, or purpose doesn't um, pre-exist essence kind of thing. So, like, what do you mean by we, essence? It's not Christian, so Christianity used to believe that, or Christians rather used to believe because of Christianity that when you were born, that was pretty much all you had to do in your life for your meaning of life because they thought that God, the creator, you know, made this world and for us to exist in it. So just actually becoming alive was like pretty much good. You had completed your fucking, your life, right? Mm. Um, and obviously then you had to live a virtuous life. But the meaning of life was there. It was soft. So your reason for being alive pre-existed your essence. However, existentialism believes more so that you are born first. So you exist first. And then you have to find and create your own purpose. Because in a universe where nothing really means anything, as I said, you know, Big Bang, bacteria, Earth, you know, we are in a position where we have been spawned from the universe. And it's like, here's a fucking place with seas, with sunsets, with mountains and clouds. Here's and the raw volcanoes. Make something from it. Yeah, go and fucking live the most fulfilling life to you that you can and you know try and be happy for as much of it try and work try and love everything that you do through pain and through tears and through loss of relationships just try and love it and appreciate it for what it is like i don't need more than this as a human being i can work hard daily to afford myself the opportunity to see my friends and to see my family and to go and be on holiday in a beach somewhere or up a mountain or in a tent, you know, in a forest, like that is what I personally think that life is for. So and is your we purpose give for our living, own meaning. Is your purpose in life for living, it doesn't have, doesn't need to be tied to a specific thing for you. Your purpose is just to live well. Yeah, to experience basically like, you know, I, th- I think that's, how, how can there be more? And even if there is more, provided that you live... I also do believe, obviously, that you have moral obligations. Like, you have to live a morally virtuous life. I don't think you can go out and just kill people and fucking eat people and stuff like that. Like, you have to live harmoniously with other human beings uh, to the best of your ability. Um, and provided you do that and then you live well as well, you know, you've, you've pretty much completed it, in my opinion. And I believe if there is a higher power or something looking down and wanting you to do you know the best with your life if you live in accordance to what i've just said mm. how can he you know say that you did it wrong really so true i think you've um inspired me a lot with this conversation and there's a lot of stuff that <laughs> I'm, now, I'm now going over in my head i'm like i need to have 
a second or a third or a fourth thought about that in particular, just in terms of like approaching life in general. So I've really appreciated that, mate. Thank you. Mate, no, it's, it's been great, as you say. What a thing to be able to have a conversation with a friend. So, Yeah, so much better than 80 years ago. I'd have to write you letters, mate. <laughs> mate, at least we can deliver it a bit more. I think I've spewed some of that shit, but, uh, <laughs> but it's been fun, man. I've, let's do it again. Awesome, let's do it again soon, mate. Um, I will keep in contact with you and we'll figure out another one for an episode two of Existential Questions with Ellen and Liam. Definitely. I mean, mate, I've got I wrote my five questions down. I didn't ask one of them, so, <laughs> so All right, well, we can do that next time. Episode two will just be me <laughs> spraffing shit then. Yes, perfect. Sounds like a fucking dream. Yeah.